The year is 852 B.C. The Moabite nation, enemy of Israel, has made an alliance with all the neighboring nations that surround Israel. An alliance to come together to form an army to attack Jerusalem. It is a vast army. It is marching on Jerusalem. Jerusalem is outnumbered 10 to 1 in terms of people and soldiers. They are encamped west of the Dead Sea at a place called En Gedi. King Jehoshaphat at that time summons all the people of Israel to come together, to come before the Lord in the temple, to bow down and to pray and to seek the Lord's guidance. They fast and they pray. And the Spirit of the Lord comes upon one Levite, Jehazel, and he prophesies to the king and to Israel the following words. Take up your positions. Stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Well, in the evening, it seemed that the alliance that the Moabites had forged began to disintegrate between the different factions. They began to distrust each other, so much to the point that they began to turn on each other. The Lord moved in those camps so that they began to strike each other with their swords, so much so that they destroyed each other, every one of them. When King Jehoshaphat went out in the morning with his troops to the valley, all he found was dead bodies. Everyone had been slaughtered. The year is 1520. A monk who three years earlier had nailed to the door of the Wittenberg church 95 theses protesting the work of selling indulgences. Indulgences that were to pay for a debt that an archbishop had incurred that Rome had levied on him because of the things he had done wrong. Selling indulgences would take half a year's wages of the people that Luther served. But not only that, it was against all that he read in Scripture. It had been three years since October 31st, 1517. Luther had begun his work on translating the Bible. He had published many tracts which were, by the printing press, circulated throughout the area. And now he stood in front of the muscle arm of the Roman church of its day, the holy Roman emperor Charles V, the grandson of Ferdinand and Isabella of Spain. Charles spoke or read no German. So all he simply said to Luther when Luther stood before him is, will you recant all that you have written and submit to the authority of the church? Luther was given 24 hours to consider his answer. And when he returned the next day, he made the following statement. Unless I am convinced by the testimony of Scripture and by clear reason, for I do not trust either in the Pope or in councils, 
for it is known they have often erred and contradicted themselves. I am bound by Scripture, and my conscience is captive to the Word of God. I cannot and will not recant anything, since it is neither safe nor right to go against conscience. Here I stand. May God help me. Amen. Well, Luther was whisked away in the night for his own protection that evening and taken to the Wartburg Castle where he would spend the next year. But at that castle, as he continued his translation of the Bible, he came upon a psalm, Psalm 46, the words of which we use this morning in our opening verses. Luther read that psalm, the psalm that was written after the battle that Jehoshaphat went out to fight that God had already fought for him. Luther entitled that psalm in German, Ein Festeberg ist unser Gott. A mighty fortress is our God. Let's read that psalm together once again as it's on the screen. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way, and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts His voice. The earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations He has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. You know, if you were to look at the events surrounding that invasion of Jerusalem by the Moabite alliance, outnumbered ten to one, insurmountable odds in our eyes, you would think that Israel should have been conquered in that day, that it never would have worked, that they would never be the ones to come out on top. But it did. The Lord was with them. The Lord Almighty is with us, the psalm says. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So also, the events surrounding Luther's life. You know, if you try to come to grips with all the political things that were going on in the world at that day, the might of the Roman church owning more than one-third of all the land in all of Europe, its power its dictation to the kings of that day. Luther should have never been able to withstand its might and its threats and its death threats to kill him. And yet, he was. 
And his word went out and his Bible was published and common people like you and me began to read the word of God. Truly, as Luther looked at that psalm, the words came to him again and again. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So here we are today. 499, almost like the last lap of the Daytona 500. What about us? You know, there's a lot of turmoil in our world today, isn't there? People are talking about the election next week. We're guaranteed, the press tells us, that no matter who wins, we're going to see riots and violence appear. A nation that normally is able to turn over power in peace and in justice now faces something that hasn't happened in many, many years. Just this week, we heard about a military buildup on the borders of Russia, the likes of which we haven't seen since the Cold War. ISIS continues terrorism throughout the world, destroying and wreaking havoc. There is violence always in our own country that we see every day, and we worry about the economy and the future. We must remember the words of the prophet of Ecclesiastes who does say to us, all of these things have been and will be again. But what about us on a personal scale? What type of things have we gone through in this year? What kind of new brokenness have we discovered in our lives? Marriages that seemed like they would last forever, straining to the point where now the decision isn't to stay together and bring forgiveness and healing, it's to separate. Or what about a devastating disease that has been given to us? that we're going to find out that maybe there isn't treatment. Maybe it's cancer or it's Alzheimer's. Maybe it's something worse. We're wondering in the face of insurmountable odds how we will go through the next day. What about being alone now this year when we didn't plan on that? A loved one who's gone home to be in heaven and we are trying to come to grips with a whole world that has changed. Or what about those issues that we might face in our own employment, in our own lives, in our own cities? All of the things and the turmoils that happen to us, they truly seem insurmountable. They were also once for a young songwriter. He was well known and in the past he had had some wonderful compositions that were produced and sung and Things were just glorious for him at one time. But that had all changed. He hadn't been able to write anything in a while. Not only that, he was bankrupt now, wondering how he would get his next meal. And on top of that, he had suffered a cerebral hemorrhage which left him paralyzed. How was he to go on? Depression overtook him. And he wallowed in his own sorrow, in the things that seemed insurmountable to him in his life. He was a person of faith. But the Scriptures only pointed out to him now words that seemed like the words that Jesus spoke from the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? One of his dear friends put together some random scriptures that he brought to him and he asked him to read through them once again to ponder each one of them. As he looked at the list that was handed to him, 
suddenly his heart began to change. Suddenly he began to be inspired as he looked at what Christ had gone through once again on the cross of what he had suffered, of what he had endured for all of us. At a feverish pitch, he began to write a new composition. For day after day, for more than a week, he worked on it until finally at the end of the week, finishing it, he collapsed. He slept for more than 17 hours straight. His friends were afraid that this was it. It was over, that he was dying, that they would never see him again. But finally, he came to. And he handed the completed manuscript to his friend who had penned those verses for him. It was a masterpiece. It was simply entitled, Messiah. George Frederick Handel once again rested in the fortress of his God. Today, we remember the Reformation that took place 499 years ago. If we celebrate anything today, what we must celebrate is the fact that we have been handed because of Luther the Scriptures that you and I can read, the fortress of our God that is unshakable. An incredible gift that Luther risked his life for before to translate the Bible into any other language than Latin in those days meant that you could be burned at the stake. But Luther wanted you and me his people, to be able to read what he had read all those years. That God is our fortress and our strength, a present help in times of trouble, that he will never leave us or forsake us. As he looked at the words of that psalm once again, the mountains quaking, the seas roaring, being moved, all of creation shifting, because the God of heaven and earth summoned them like a king and they were obliged to come before him. So Luther realized that this same God whose power was throughout all creation treated us with grace and mercy and compassion. That he had sent his son to pour a river of grace flowing from within the city of God over you and I through the waters of our baptism to make us His children, to take away our sin, to give us freedom and grace alone in our lives. What an incredible gift that was. Luther was firm in his resolve. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. You see, in our lives, when we are faced with insurmountable things, things that we seem that we cannot overcome. We return again to this Word, to this grace alone, through faith alone, to the God who is our fortress. So often in our world and in our lives, we seek to shed those things that make us suffer. One person once said, in America, the Christians pray that the suffering would be removed from their backs and they could return to their lives, while the rest of the world prays that their backs would be made stronger so that they might be able to endure their suffering. May we be people who rest in an almighty fortress of our God to endure whatever comes upon us, knowing that the God Almighty who has made heaven and earth is with us 
is our fortress, is our strength. He has redeemed our lives from the pit. He has set us free to be His people. He will never leave or forsake us. He will be with us to the close of the ages. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Amen.